My friends, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed on to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. I too decided, after investigating everything carefully from the very first, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the truth concerning the things about which you have been instructed. Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Division is one of the evil one's favorite tactics. And if we look at that a little more closely, every sin is in some way a fault against the unity and harmony that needs to reign between us and God and among ourselves. Amen? Without that unity and harmony, we simply cannot grow and mature the way needed to in order to live a truly meaningful and satisfying life, both now and for all eternity. I don't know if you ever had heard about the famous Punic Wars. These were a series of war between 
the ancient Roman Republic and a North African kingdom called Carthage. After 100 years, Rome finally conquered Carthage. And to keep Carthage from rising again, they sowed salt into all the farmland within a 50-mile radius of the city. Now, sowing salt in soil makes it completely infertile. Now, good soil needs a certain amount of salt to be healthy. Yet, salts are ions. And so, when soil is overloaded with salt, the soil, in order to neutralize these ions, actually sucks moisture out of the plant instead of the other way around. In salted soil, then, the plant may be rooted in moist and nutritious soil, yet it can't absorb any water. The salt separates it from its most essential nutrient. Now the evil one, he's in the business of sowing salt into the soil of families, our churches, our community, our country. The whole family. He does not want us to raise a crop of fruitfulness, peace, and spiritual maturity, which we are meant to do. Amen? He sows selfishness and suspicion and anger and, and envy and all other kinds of spiritual ions that drain out the lifeblood of human happiness. Trust, self-sacrifice, forgiveness, kindness, patience. Division is the devil's work. Yet, reconciliation and communion are Jesus' work. We want to be the evil one's disciples and experience frustration. All we have to do is seek to sow division. If we want to be Jesus' disciples, and experience lasting and everlasting satisfaction. We need to be builders of unity and harmony. And it is St. Paul in that second reading to the Corinthians who tells us how to do that. Christian community 
in the Greek city of Corinth. The recipient of St. Paul's letter used in that second reading was a big, bustling city, the capital of that region. And it also happened to be struggling with some very big problems, namely division. Some of the Christians, therefore, before baptism, had been Jewish, and others had been pagans. Some claimed that they had received their faith from St. Paul, and still others from St. Peter, and yet also from another famous preacher of the time, Apollos. These differences had given rise to factions. Factions within the church, not unlike even today. Whenever a new opportunity or problem came up, those factions fought over it. This constantly aggravated division within the community and beyond. And it was tearing that young community apart. And it was also spreading its destruction to the surrounding other Christian communities. The church and the community was, in short, a crisis. Dividing people and communities, as I say, is the devil's favorite tactic. And he uses it over and over and over again. Sin always divides people. Always. The very first sin in the Garden of Eden is a perfect example. It created antagonism between humanity and God. Adam and Eve, they hid themselves from God. They tried to hide from God. It created antagonism between Adam and Eve. They even concealed themselves from each other. And it created further antagonism between humanity and the rest of creation. Eve was cursed with pains in childbirth, and Adam was cursed to earn his living by the sweat of his brow. As I say, division is the work of the evil one, and the very name of, of that fallen angel devil comes from a Greek word and it means accuser, slanderer, the original meaning of which was to throw a cross, as in throwing an obstacle across someone's path, dividing that person from their goal, or as in throwing obstacles between people, dividing them 
from each other. The evil one wants to divide us from God and from each other. We're seeing that now. We're seeing it right before our eyes, right now, with what has come out of this pandemic. This is what evil is all about. God, the source of all goodness, in his very essence, a communion of persons, a unity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Trinity, when we look at it, it's about unity. It is a community of love. And we are created in God's image. Sowing division and discord among us, then, is the evil one's way of insulting God whom he hates. Well, how can we counteract this? The community of Christians in Corinth is beginning to experience the breakdown that comes from factions and division. In this context, St. Paul urges them to stop fighting among themselves and to be united in Jesus. Just as the different organs and limbs are united in the body. This is the attitude that we need to have reign among Christians and fellow believers of every generation. And that includes us. So how can we develop that attitude? How can we learn to stop criticizing, backbiting, and spreading the seeds of the evil one's vision and discord. Well, there are two ways. The first way to train these are tongues, one of the most lethal weapons we were ever given. Amen? Oh, we don't want to admit that one. The evil one introduced sin into the world by lies, flattery, and subtle, subtle words. Ever since, we have been experts at damaging others in the same way. Imagine how different our families would be if no one criticized each other. How different would the atmosphere of our schools would be Everyone just got along. Or what about at work? Or what about in our parishes? That's why we need to train these powerful instruments to build up our neighbors and not to tear them down. The second way is confession. Confession. 
Every sin is a blow to unity and harmony with God and with our neighbor. Every sin sows salt into the soil of our souls and our community. Every confession, it purifies that soil and gives us a fresh start. In confession, God not only forgives our sins, yet he gradually strengthens us to become mature, wise, and joyful Christians. Christians he created us to be. But let's make the evil one really mad. Let's really put some salt into his eyes. Keep busy. Keep me busy. Keep Father Patrick, Father Steve, well, Father, Father Rob's gone to Quebec. They'll keep him busy. Come to confession. Use this powerful sacrament of healing so that we can eliminate unnecessary divisions and factions. Jesus is about to come among us once again in the Holy Eucharist, the sacrament of unity. We need to promise him today that this week, as a church as a whole finishes the week of Christian unity, that we will set out once again on the path to become builders of unity, true disciples of the Eucharist. And if we do, I guarantee none of us will regret it. After all, did not Jesus say, happy are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Amen.